Bush and Ritchie here with another daily takeaway. Uh, just to give you an idea of uh, expectations as you uh, dip into the penultimate uh, episode before our Christmas break, um, should we ask our producer Nick to review how much out of ten he'd give this particular episode of the podcast? All right, so people like it, like you would search on IMDb yeah. to get the rating of a, m- a movie, whether you watch it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because then Pete, oh, it, it's a busy time of year. If Nick don't like it, you might as well just skip this episode. Okay, so Nick, you, you're like an aggregate of overall reviews. What do you think? It's, it's been quite good. I'd say uh, six point nine. Mm. Quite good, six point nine. That is the exact same score of most of Richie's films he suggests for the film club, <laughs> which ironically is part of this episode. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Not very long to go. Pretty much all the schools must have broken up now. Yesterday, my lad Rocco, it was uh, final day at uh, school for the year for the term, uh, and he's in the reception class. So as a little treat, uh, they were allowed to watch Frozen, which is a nice way to end the term. Oh, that's nice. Not for him, it's not. Oh, really? No, no, no. But bear in mind, he's, he's dinosaur mad. Yeah. He's seen every Jurassic World movie. Bad parenting, but he loves them. <laughs> uh, so, Frozen gets put on. He's, he's not having any of it. He gets up and tells the teacher, I don't want to watch this. So, he, get, he gets given the chance to just go around the classroom doing little odd jobs while the rest of the class are all sat on the mat just watching Frozen. But at the age of four, he's got up and walked out. What's your, he, he would rather do essentially community service than watch Frozen. <laughs> Absolutely. It's mad. Actually, my, our middle daughter thing absolutely loves Frozen. She'd give anything to be Exactly. I, I would say 95, 96% of, uh, of children of his demographic yeah. love it, but he gets up and walks out. I couldn't believe it. Fair play, actually, fair play to him, though, for <laughs> sticking to his guns on it. Exactly. <laughs> you ever walked out of something? Do you know, I've walked, I've walked out of two films in my entire life. Okay, uh, and one was the beach, which I think I was slagging off the other week on DiCaprio. this show. DiCaprio, you've been, you've been pretty consistent on the beach. There was a bit where Leonardo DiCaprio turns into a video game, and I was like, right, go. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Oh, really? Again, just apps. I don't know what I was doing watching it. <laughs> what was I in there? What's going on? What have you walked out of? Could be a film, could be a concert, it's some kind of performance, could be a meal. What have you walked out of and why? Tweet here, a John Bishop gig, because he was talking about Liverpool Football Club too much. Many other Evertonians walked as well. Oh, weirdly enough, my mum and dad can't stand him. Really? They're both Scousers can't stand him. Wow. The thing is, like, you know, when you don't, <laughs> You're going to the car and you can't. Uh, speaking of Everton, actually, no matter how bad my beloved Everton have been, uh, can I just say, hand on heart, I've never walked out early. I've never walked out of a football match. If you've paid, you just stay till the end. You yeah. see these people, I mean, we talked about it the other week, where I remember there was there's some guys when I had a season ticket, they'd always go down 15 minutes beforehand just to get a pint of Chang beer <laughs> a half time and then leave 10 minutes before the end. What's the point in turning up? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, Sarah says, I've walked out of three meetings at work saying this meeting could have been an email. Uh, the organiser doesn't like me very much, but that meeting is now an email, so I'm calling it a win. All right, Gordon Gecko. <laughs> We want to find out the things. (laughs) Yeah, I liked it. Thanks. Uh, The things that you've walked out. Uh, Listen to this one. Jen in Kent says, "Hi guys, I walked out of a date once many years ago. I was on a first date with a guy who basically was so dull. Uh, We went for dinner, and I realised we had nothing in common. Then he suggested a film, so I agreed. But I still kept thinking, why am I here? So I made my excuses to go to the ladies and basically legged it. I've heard from Jen for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Stuart, what did you walk out of? Uh, It was a South End football match. <laughs> Are you a South End United fan? Um, I'm not, but I used to live very local, so I used to regularly go down to Roots Hall on a Friday night. Okay, and, and talk us through it then. What happened? Um, well, it was a night match, um, very cold and wet. 
They were four 0 down at half time. Oh dear! <laughs> oh dear! Um, yeah, myself and my friend Andrew Barham decided um, we'd rather leave and go home in time to watch a hard day's night on the telly. Wow! What well, nice and easy, just uh, spin away from your seats and off out the gates, I guess. You'd hope so, but with it being half time, the gates to leave were still locked. Wow, they lock um, you in at Roots Hall. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? About, they were about eight foot high, so uh, we had to shin up and climb over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was that bad. Good job, because I drive past that bit quite a lot, and I, I think if you see some people type of shimmying over the gates at half time, you know that <laughs> it's not going well for South Bend. <laughs> no, at that time, it wasn't unusual for them to lose, but that performance was particularly bad. So have you been back to South End since? Oh, yeah, I used to go regularly, um, but I've moved away since, so I'm not local anymore. So what do you do now? What do you do for football? Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan, so uh, uh, they're, my, they're my first love. I don't think you'll be shimmying over those golden gates. <laughs> yeah, not with the price you paid to get in. <laughs> Have you walked out on anything? My little lad's walked out on Frozen. Final day of term yesterday. Hate Solar. Hate Solar. <laughs> What's a four-year-old against that? Uh, Gary, what did you walk out on? It was a theatre in uh, New York. I thought they were a theatre, but uh, it was a theatre the opera. It wasn't Michael Crawford, it was some local lad. But it was a big show, and uh, we thought it was just a lot of rubbish. <laughs> wow. Phantom <laughs> of the Opera in New York? Yes, in New York, yeah. It's so weird. It sounds like, you know, when someone phones in angry to talk sport, <laughs> but they're talking about the theatre. They should do a theatre thing. I'll go week in, week out. Some local lads. Uh, I've been on before. You know me. I've been on before. Juan Crawford. So it was yeah. Juan Crawford. So they brought some other guy on and he's actually stung the place out. Yeah, but it was just, we thought it was a load of tush, like a load yeah. of rubbish. Like, you know, like, so we all, we all used to smoke. I want more, but the bloke in front, there was a local bloke. He was in there with his boy. Anyway, he kept he kept talking to his boy, saying, "Oh, this bit's good, this bit's good." He said thirteen times I've seen this, and we all thinking, "Jesus!" Like, so what were you thirteen times? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh boy! But like, and then so I said, because we all used to smoke in them days. Like, right. we got to the intermission. Anybody fancy a fag? And everybody went, "Yeah, all right." So we all walked out, and then we went back. Went down and went, went found a bar. Went to Rosie O'Grady's bar like we did. We used to go to Rosie O'Grady's bar just off Times Square. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the weird thing is, people think us Brits abroad you know, don't take things in properly and they get involved. I can't see where they get it from. I'm obviously not cultured enough. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't oh, say that are, about you, Gary. Sure you no. no, I know my place. I come from South London and I've been living in Devon, Exeter for 20 years because I'm also a local girl. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and then we flew home on Concord. Oh, shut all right, up, then. you did. Right. <laughs> you flew home on Concord, did you? Yeah, yeah, we flew home on Concord, yeah. How was that? Fantastic, mate. He <laughs> <laughs> likes some things. Like, you know, like, we were the highest people in space because there was nobody in the um, space station, so like... Right. Well, it was the highest pitch. Well done for checking whether anyone was in the space station before you got on the plane. <laughs> they told us when we was on there. Gary, it's been a treasure chatting to you. Cheers, boys. Have a nice Christmas. Darren has tweeted to say, guys, get Gary back on ASAP. What? Yes. Uh, I'd love to have send Gary off to like, other stuff so he can check it out. Do a bit of a snort and say it's not much cop. Like the mo- <laughs> Just been to see the Mona Lisa. Not much to it, really. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> 
Scott says, I had a habit of doing that at school as well. Hated colouring in. Anything that didn't take my fancy, I'd just walk home. Oh, my words. I was promptly returned by my mum, but my feet never touched the ground on the way back. What a tinker he is, little tearaway. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. They say Thursday's the new Friday. If so, it's the weekend, which if so, it's Christmas. Merry Ooh. Christmas. It's Bush and Richie. That escalated quickly, it didn't did, it? It did, didn't it? Hey, let me tell you right, uh, Tiger Balm... Tiger Balm is a bone of contention in our house. Do you know what Tiger Balm is? You're a Tiger Balm guy? No, I'm not a Tiger Balm man. Uh, Tiger Balm is quite a big thing in my life at the moment because uh, I've got this bad back, which is luckily getting better through the help of Tiger Balm. It's like a super strong, uh, deep heat. It comes in a tiny little pot. But you rub it on your back or like sore muscles and it stinks, but it kind of glows up and it makes you feel like they're warm. So stronger than deep heat? I'd say it's stronger than deep heat. Wow. But what happens in our house is that I'll put Tiger Balm on my back before I go into work, yeah. walk to the kitchen sink, badly wash and dry my hands on the tea towel, and then the tea towel stinks and Katie tells me off. And the kitchen smells like a, a football changing room. Yeah, it's like a locker yeah. room or something like that. <laughs> so, but, but I got my comeuppance big time yesterday where I rubbed my eye as I was talking to Katie in the uh, kitchen, and I had still had Tiger Balm on my hands because I not wash my hands properly, and I felt like I'd been maced at a riot. You rubbed your eye with something that you've just claimed is stronger than deep heat. I had to, literally, I was still sat on the train 45 minutes later on with one streaming eye. <laughs> just like weeping. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's almost like, you know, when, those, like when a statue weeps yes. in, in the world of religion. It was like that. It wouldn't stop. And I got thinking, right, that, I would say Tiger Balm's got to be one of the worst things you can get in your eye, but maybe there's others. So, this hour on the show... Cards on the table, what's the worst thing in the world to get in your eye? You mentioned the weeping on the train. I would actually say, as someone who loves his trains, yeah. gone on a few steam railways, when you're a bit of a steam enthusiast... <laughs> and you're, Where's this going? <laughs> when you're wanting to take in the majesty of the steam and all that kind of stuff, actually soot from, you know, from, oh, really? a, from an engine, that kind of, that, that's pretty grim to get. Takes away a lot of the romance of steam. Hoisted by your own petard. Indeed. As you stood on that bridge. Well, if you're on a bridge and it goes below you. Goes underneath, chuffs underneath, yeah, then you've got to wipe that from your eye. Shaking your fist at the frying <laughs> Scotsman. Uh, Louise says, I had chilli on my contact lenses. That's quite bad in your oh. eye. Paul says, my best friend's ashes. I thought he was irritating when he was alive. <laughs> Could have blown back at him as he was chucking it I mean, off. Similar to the soot from the train. Similar kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? The question this hour of the show is what is the, the worst thing in the world to get in your eye? I accidentally rubbed Tiger Balm into my eye the other day and I was just weeping. I was weeping for the entire day, pretty much, to be honest with you. Now, keyword is there accidentally. You, you, you didn't do it on purpose. So some of these things that come in, there's a lot of uh, sympathy that is involved with the incident that might have happened. Of course, of course. And then there's this tweet. Uh, in Vic's inhaler nasal stick. I mean, the clue is, the clue is in the title. It's not meant to go anywhere near the eye. Uh, Sammy says, according to the eye hospital, Optrex eye drops are in exactly the same shape bottle as Olbersoil. Suffice to say, I was not the first person to have put a couple of drops of Olbersoil in my eye. I'll never sleep again. That's awful. Oh, Oh, my. Uh, Tanner says, my mate threw a popper dime at me like a frisbee and it cut my eyeball open. I had to go to a specialist. Why have you brought this to the table tonight? This, this you is know a tricky like with eyes. Sorry about this, it's going to get worse. There's some unbelievable stuff coming into the show. Uh, bizarre stuff. Steve says, I once got the hairs from a processionary moth caterpillar in one of my eyes when working as a tree surgeon. It felt like crushed glass under my eyelid for 24 hours. Grim. A caterpillar. Really grim. Really grim. Um, Alison's tweeted, no surprise to anybody that chilli is painful. Yeah. But Alison's got a solution. Uh, she said, I had to put milk on a pad to get rid of the pain. 
Milk's always the answer to stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so chilli in your eyes, get some milk on a pad. Learn a new thing every day on the Home Time Show. We've got George on the line. George, what is your worst thing to get in your eye story? Well, it wasn't me, it was my brother. He got a leech in his eye when we were on holiday in Australia. Oh, my word. Just in case someone missed that, your, George, your brother got a leech in his eye when he was on Hostra- yeah. ho- holiday in Australia. Last time I saw a leech on anything was the movie Stand By Me. Oh, <laughs> dear, dear, dear. They're, they're Richie, dare you ask a question with your, your horror of anything to do with eyeballs? I mean, they're famous for blood-sucking, uh, oh. obviously, so... Uh, oh, <laughs> how, how does that happen? I don't know. Well, he was just looking down the sink and it caught out and got him. That's he unbelievable. Was looking down the sink and it crawled out and got him in the eye. Yeah. You'd have to be looking for quite a while, wouldn't you? They, they don't strike me as being particularly speedy <laughs> leeches. No. <laughs> How'd you get it off then? Um, a lot of water and a lot, lot, of, lot of pain. Oh, wow, that's just awful. Yeah, yeah. You've ruined a lot of teas this evening, George. Thanks for that, mate. I've got a twitchy eye no, now. <laughs> don't look in the sink. <laughs> Cheers, George. <laughs> Uh, There's been some weird stuff coming into the show. Uh, This text says I got hit in the eye with a shuttlecock. Ended up at Eye Casualty. It's like a spin-off of the main TV show. Uh, I was off work for a week as a result of the injury. Uh, It's called Hyphema. Uh, had me at the risk of getting a retinal detachment. It gets right. worse. Some of the details are too much. Wow, we retinal de- detachment sounds like a, a death metal band. <laughs> uh, Scott, what is the most painful thing to get in the eye? It was an ice puck. An ice puck. T- t- take us back to the beginning of this story and how did it work? What happened? So me and my family went to an ice hockey game. We were sat at the, the back of the, the stadium and uh, halfway through, one of the guys hit a puck, went over the top of the protective glass and hit my dad square in the, in the eye. Wow, so your dad got hit in the eye by an ice hockey puck. Yeah, and, um, luckily he's, uh, he's quite blind and he's got thick reinforced glasses. And that's the only thing that saved his eyeball. Oh my. So wow. he's got a pair of John Major uh, jam jar bottoms on and that's deflected the uh, puck. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Wowee. Wow. Um... <laughs> Saved him from quite a shiner by the sounds of things. Yeah, no, he, he, he um, broke his uh, cheekbone as well because it deflected into that. Wow. wow! I mean, I've been to see quite a few ice hockey games and I'd never really thought about that, that he might fly into the no. crowd. So, because uh, didn't it, Mbappe knock someone out pretty much in the, uh, in the World Cup? No, it wasn't the World Cup final, it was the semi-final. Semi-final. Doing the warm-up. So, your, your dad will go down in history as one of those great moments where spectators accidentally get clattered by, by the ball or the puck. Hopefully, it was like, the, the, the stadium put an announcement out saying, please keep an eye on the puck. And I was like, I couldn't even see it. So I don't know how, how people do it, how people play. But, yeah. Wow. And what was the ice hockey team that uh, immortalised your dad? Uh, it was uh, that Milton Keynes. I, can't, I don't know what the name is. Wow, the Milton Keynes. Blazers. Blazers, that's what it is. Blazers, there you go. Yeah. Milton Keynes Blazers. This is the Daily Takeaway. The Daily Takeaway. The 11th Dave of Christmas. Uh, let's see which Dave it is. Who's this? Hello there. Dear from County Durham. Dave from yes. County Durham. So it's it, it's not the most northerly Dave because obviously we had Shetland. Yeah, but uh, it's quite north, isn't it? Quite northern. It's very Durham. north. I mean, you know, the Shetland Dave is going to take some beating unless we get a Dave from the Arctic Circle. I'm not sure what the absolute radio reception's like up there. We got one more day left on this. You sure. never know; it could happen. Dave, how are you? Are you festive, um, Dave, at the moment? I am festive, dear. Yes. You certainly sound full of the spirits of the season. Uh, what do you do, Dave? <laughs> I'm a, a QE inspector. A what? 
a Kiwi inspector, quality assurance inspector. I thought he was a Kiwi inspector. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making sure they're nice and soft. Because sometimes you can get them really, like, <laughs> either too hard or your thumb goes through them. I was thinking I'm glad they brought in legislation. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you inspect? I inspect um, steel parts that make up the body of a car. Oh. And have you got a good amount of time off for Christmas? Have you done that thing where you've booked a bit of extra? Well, I finished, I broke up yesterday and I go back uh, the 5th of January, so it's a bit of time. I'd say that's a good bit of time. It's not bad at all, is yeah. it? You'll be rested by then, Dave. Yeah, sure will. What are you hoping to receive for Christmas, Dave? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> a, new, uh, a new symbol for me drum kit. Oh. oh! Who's your drumming inspiration? Who do you try and drum like? Well, I like Rennie, but I'm not as good as him. Rennie's fantastic, one of the best drummers ever. So if you, any, yeah. even, a, even a little tiny bit like Rennie is a good thing, so good on you. Yeah. Well, you're obviously musical, you've got rhythm, uh, but uh, can you hold a tune, Dave? Because we're about to sing. You're going to be our 11th Dave of Christmas. Hopefully you don't sing like Ian Brown. That's the main thing. So are you good at singing? What do you reckon? Uh, well, I've been told I'm not good, so... OK. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I, I say that this vintage of Dave's... They've been quite upfront about it. They've not been overly musical. Music. They've been great people to chat to. Yes. But music-wise, you know, it's, it's touch and go. Well, let's, there's only one way to find out. You ready for this, Dave? I'm ready. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Dear from County Durham. Dave from Dalford. Dave from Johannesburg. Dave from Shetland. Dave from Wigan. Dave from Marty Harbour. Dave from the Midlands. Dave from Chesterfield. Dave from Leeds. Dave from Southampton. And Dave from Sheffield. Yay! Yes! Superb, the voice of an angel. Uh, and the angel Gabriel to meet tomorrow, because it'll be the 12th Dave, although it'll be the angel Daviel. <laughs> oh, if you fancy being one, t- get us a little message. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. This is the Daily Takeaway. I fixed a torch earlier on today. Oh, right, wow. What, like, took it apart and got new bits for it and all that kind of stuff? Yes, exactly that. Um, it was one of these torches. Uh, it wasn't working. You kept on pressing the button, nothing happening whatsoever. Um, the compartment to replace the batteries um, had got screws on it, so I had to go and locate the screwdriver, uh, work out which head was needed to unscrew the screws, take those off, get the compartment off, um, work out what type of batteries were needed to go inside, replace those, put the compartment thing back on, screw it all on. And it worked again, which is fantastic. So very much fixed. Um, I've been told firmly that what I have done is not fix the torch. I've merely replaced the batteries. Where do you stand on that? Uh, Who told you that you have just replaced them and not fixed them? I'm with Natalie. Uh, That's not fixing. That's just merely replacing something. I think the moment that I went and had to go and get the toolbox to get the screwdrivers out, surely that is immediately in the postcode of fixing. Well, you see, we have a parallel disagreement here in our house where I, I did a pizza for Katie the other night and I said that I'd cooked her a pizza and she said, yeah. no, you haven't cooked it. You've just heated it up. Um, it's a similar thing. Uh, did you... Was it already pre-made from the shop or did you lovingly put on the, the tomato sauce and the toppings yourself? It was already pre-made in the shop, but, I mean, obviously I took it out of the cellophane, a cellophane, yeah. little bit like how you got the screws out of the side of the... Uh, yeah. So there's a process there. 
Yeah. But it's a parallel thing. Uh, you know, is that cooking or is it warming up? Are you fixing or are you merely replacing? It's an existential question in many ways. Well, listen to my words very carefully here. I'd say you cooked her a pizza. Are you just saying that because you want me to agree with your one? <laughs> <laughs> because it feels like that. I mean, I'm happy to be an ally on this if we can both be deluded at the same time. Uh, Joel's tweeted, it wasn't working. You made changes. You made enhancements. Now it is. You indeed fixed it. Outrageous. This is outrageous. I'm glad so many people are wading in uh, on the right side of things that you've just replaced stuff. Emily says, 100%, no credit should be given or taken when simply changing batteries. And I love this. You know, obviously, who's the fellow before he was, he was you know, using logic <laughs> to twist the outcome? Nathan's doing the exact thing. He's using his ma- your magic back on you. Oh, he yeah. says, by the, by the same logic, then, I can claim to be a mechanic every time I fill up my car with fuel. <laughs> He's gone That's to right. a garage to do it. That's where mechanics work. Of course he is. Unbelievable. Uh, Jimbo says it wasn't working. Richie acts. Now it works. Case closed, Columbo. I think Mark gets to the very core of the issue that we've got here on tonight's show. Uh, and he says you can't fix something that isn't broken. And I agree with Mark. It wasn't broken. Thus, you can't fix it. If it's not shining light, then it's broken. That doesn't mean it's broken. It's just a, a break in service. <laughs> This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It's the film club. Uh, Basically, it's a nightmare sometimes trying to pick a film. So what we do is someone gets in touch with us, we use your brilliant uh, film knowledge and come up with a good suggestion. It's kind of crowdsourcing a suggestion. Now, you may have heard the trails over the last uh, 12 or so hours on Absolute Radio that we were going to do uh, a festive film club tonight. This email's come in at hometimeatabsoluteradio.co.uk. Hey, chaps, I heard you were going festive on the film club tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sick of Christmas movies. Oh, right. Even Elf is now a supermarket advert. What's that all about? I know movies are a big part of Christmas, so rather than you chaps choose an obvious festive movie, why don't you pick the best Christmas movie that has nothing to do with Christmas? I like this. Uh, Merry Christmas, I'm not really a Scrooge, Bobby Kingsley. Bobby K. Bobby K. I like that because there's lots of films that are... I mean, obviously, let's just get it straight out of the way. Die Hard. Obviously, straight out of the way. So it's got now to do with Christmas, really, but mm. it, it is kind of a Christmas film, isn't it? A few flakes at the end and it's an office Christmas party. I'm going to chuck in a film that I kind of like to watch around Christmas and it's still one of my favourite films of all time. Lesser spotted film. It's called After Hours. It's a Martin Scorsese movie about a guy whose evening goes wrong. And it's all kind of darkness and weird. It sounds very you. Rosanna Arquette in it and stuff as well. One of my oh. favourite films. That would be a festive film for me. Uh, I'm going to go, a very, very much a me film, The Railway Children. Ah, oh, it was only on telly in the background <laughs> the other day, wasn't it? Indeed, proving it is a festive staple. I've never sat through it, but what I could see over your shoulder during yesterday's show, it looks terrible. <laughs> that is heresy. <laughs> um, what is your best non-Christmas Christmas movie? Uh, now, Lucy says, we watched Night at the Museum the other day. It felt pretty Christmassy. Set oh. in the snow, all-star cast, lots of laughs, good cheer, valuable life lessons. Something about the whole nighttime museum thing that kind of works. Mm. Same with Paddington. Yes, it's a bit like that, good isn't point. It? Uh, Matt says, Wizard of Oz, quite creepy. I'm going to say that film's quite creepy. <laughs> Return to Oz is creepy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Those things have got wheels for hands. Uh, Claire says, In Bruges, with Colin Farrell. It's like a fairy tale. Okay. 
It's a stretch. It's, a quite, it's quite a Christmassy film. I okay. think they're both like hitmen. Very funny film. Okay, all right. Well, look, keep them coming. Um, it's gonna be, this could be a contentious one to pick. No shortage of suggestions for our non-Christmassy, Christmassy movies, uh, which uh, Bobby has suggested for the film club tonight. Uh, fed up with the traditional ones, wants something that's on at Christmas but isn't got Christmas in it. I don't want to say it too loud, but we haven't had Cool Runnings put in yet as a... Uh, <laughs> it all comes. It's every week we've had it up until this point. Uh, Blair says Gremlins. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. Proper Christmas time during it. I had the, the Gremlins book when I was a kid. Jay says Rambo First Blood. The town had all its decorations up. It's an awesome film. Rocky Four. He trains in the snow, fights the Russians on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Tracy suggesting it's got to be Labyrinth. David Bowie playing with his baubles and goblins and songs. Is he now? <laughs> uh, we've got Matt on the line. Matt, have you got a good suggestion for a festive film that isn't about Christmas? Yeah, it's Chicken Run. It's got to be. Chicken Run. Do you know what? This is a great film. The only problem is, right, is any time my middle daughter, Thea, can't sleep, so I'm downstairs right. making toast for it at two in the yeah. morning, we have to put Chicken Run on. Do you really? So it's quite triggering for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. How far into Chicken Run do you get before you pull the plug on it and go back upstairs and try and sleep? I do 15 minutes of Chicken Run, yeah. right, and if she's still awake, I then stick on the NFL that <laughs> I've recorded and she goes straight off. <laughs> <laughs> you go to sleep as well. Hey, yeah, 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 sunshine. Thank Matt, you very much. I think it's a good suggestion. I think it's a really good suggestion for a modern day non festive festive film, but due to a technicality for my colleague here, Sorry. it's not happening. Sorry, Matt. No, it's ridiculous. But we'll let you off. Winner of the film club tonight, non-Christmassy Christmas movie. So many of you suggesting this by sheer volume alone, Lethal Weapon. Oh, that's such a good film. What a great movie. Leon Horsham, Ian in Swindon, so many of you uh, on the long list. Lethal Weapon, our winner tonight. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Well, that's it. There is... Uh... <laughs> horse, horse brass. Horse brasses. We are limping our way to Christmas, and that was 6.9 out of 10. I hope you enjoyed it. Give it the same score, do you? <laughs>